broadcasting live from the SHRM 2021 conference at the Las Vegas Convention Center, it's time for Workplace MVP, brought to you by R3 Continuum, a global leader in workplace behavioral health, crisis, and security solutions. Now, here's your host. Hello, everyone. Jamie Gassman, your host of Workplace MVP, here again broadcasting episodes from our SHRM 2021 conference here in Las Vegas. And with me, I have two guests with me for this episode. I've got Chris Garcia, Human Resource Generalist for Sandvik, and I've got Brianne Rochelle, who is the Market President for Now CFO. Welcome to the show, you two. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie. Happy to be here. So, so I'm going to go ahead and start out with Chris here today. Um, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself and what drove you into HR or kind of enticed you into HR, however you want to approach that. Give us a little background on you. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Chris Garcia, working at Sandvik. I've been there for about five years. And, you know, the, the I think that what started it for me was the people aspect of HR. I really gravitate towards that. I came to a point in my life where I said what is it that I really have a passion for? What is it that I really want to do? And I took a three-month hiatus. Um, I, I, I left the job that I was at before, and I said, I can't really do this anymore. I don't like the people. I'm not feeling valued. I feel like I'm being criticized. Like, I, I can't be my most authentic self. And so what did I do? I said, well, let's pick up a hobby. Let's make bow ties. So I made bow ties. So I learned how to make bow ties. Right. So just like continue peeling layers and onion layers here because that's kind of what I am. So I said, let's do it. Let's try it for a couple of months. Um, and then I went to Europe for a little bit to just kind of find myself and went, took a little vacation. And then I came back and I said, let's reevaluate who you are and what is it that you want to do? And it came down to, to people. I like people operations. I like having empathy. Um, it's a big component of who I am as a person. And that kind of drove me into to the world of HR. And I said, yeah, this is where I belong. In whatever capacity that would have been, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Oh, I love that. That's so powerful. You know, I, I, I have a, a mentor of my own that always says, it's okay to, to pause to speed up, slow down to speed up. It's yeah. kind of, you almost did that yourself with your career going, this isn't the direction I want. It's so fascinating. And bow ties. Yeah. Of all things. Of all things. Interesting. You know what? It's funny because I said, I said, hey, what is something quirky that not everybody wears? And I said, yeah, it's a bow tie. Yeah. And I want it to be like men, women, anybody in between can wear it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it gives you a little bit of personality. It gives you a little bit of something. Yeah. So uh, tomorrow for the concert, You'll most likely see me in one of my own creations. Awesome. So stay tuned. Look <laughs> stay out for tuned. me. <laughs> That's fantastic. So you were also sharing with me. Now, over the last year, HR, HR professionals across the globe have been challenged in balancing, you know, different work environments, you know, different, you know, regulations and rules. Talk to me a little bit about that. And I know you have a personal story that we're going to get to in a little bit, but how has that been for you as a professional over this last year? Well, you know, it's funny because even with my job, um, I, I was 100% remote. I am 100% remote. I work from home doing HR. I support the folks in the West Coast and I'm an East Coaster. I'm from New Jersey. So I am three hours ahead. So, you know, I have to kind of be always 
in that kind of emotion where like if someone needs me like eight o'clock my time it's only five o'clock their time mm-hmm. um so so a lot of it for me has been how do i continue uh especially after this pandemic and all this stuff that's been going on that we're currently living in how do i continue to best support my people who are a lot of them are are technicians that have to go into the office they don't have this flexibility of going and working from home you can't rebuild a machine from your garage it's too big our machines are too big so it's for mining and construction so you can imagine the behemoths that we have so for me it's more like i want to be able to still show my presence there even if it's virtual yeah amazing and and you know and i'm gonna go into this like self-care channel because you shared something that was just really inspiring before we got onto the show itself. But, you know, from a self-care perspective, you know, they promote a lot of that, you know, and how you, you need to take care of yourself, you know, not just in the work environment, but like, you know, whether it's meditation or finding some type of an outlet to release stress and burnout. Share with us a little bit about what you did over the last year as you kind of balanced that isolation that was felt when you were in quarantine. Yeah, uh, it, it really was quite, um, quite, quite a feat for myself. I said I needed a place to have an outlet especially that was virtual. I, I, I went and, uh, you know, I usually go and see my friends all the time, you know, brunches and gatherings, book club, you know, wine club, whatever club, all the clubs, just so it gives us an opportunity to hang out, be together, do things together and, you know, share our, our stories. But with the pandemic, I didn't get to see any of them. Yeah. I, we, we all were very... Uh, aware of our surroundings and said, you know, we want to be part of our own clusters and we have to be like, we, we created our own cluster so that we knew who we were being a part of. But at the same time, it just didn't give me that enough of a sensation to say, I don't feel that connected to you anymore. So I said, guys, I'm coming up with a podcast. Yeah. And, and, you know, my podcast evolved. It was originally just going to be more pop culture related and and 90s driven. I'm a 90s baby. So for me, 90s anything excites me. So, so, but then as I kept doing it, I shifted into this, what I called now the the episode is the, the podcast is now called BFF Energy. And it's just us and my, it's my friends. I mean, I do it with my best friend and she's my co host. Um, shout out to you, Anine. Um, but, uh, we just, we go in there and we just talk Yeah. and it could be from anything from self-help to how we're feeling, how we're feeling at work, what frustrations we have. She's, she's about to get married in November. So we've been talking about that a lot. Um, but it has brought me this overwhelming sense of joy that gave me a chance to do a check-in with myself. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it just it has been so great. So looking at that from a personal kind of realization of the impact of that, from your HR perspective, how could something similar to that be implemented into a work environment that might aid in helping some of the, the employees have some of that connection? Yeah, I think it I, honestly, I think it starts with self-empathy, which it's not I don't it's not really even a term but to me it is um it's about really understanding who you are what you want and how if your job isn't helping you figure out how to get that Mm 
Because sometimes it's outsourcing the information. It Sometimes it's just not available, whether because, you know, your HR person or your local manager or whoever maybe doesn't have that knowledge base. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's about you understand you better than anybody understands you. Mm-hmm. So you have to be the one to empower yourself to say, what's going to help me stay focused, not go crazy, especially when things around me are out of control? Sure. So yeah. That's that for me, that would be the best advice is self-empathy. Yeah. Now, and you had that ability to take a three month hiatus and kind of take some time off. If you've got if there's somebody listening who's just finding that really intriguing, going, how can I do that? I can't stop working to do that. How can they navigate that or what kind of resources do you know of that are accessible, like maybe in an HR capacity that they can tap into that might help them to be able to do that. Absolutely. So I would say first thing, um, if you can take, you know, some FMLA, some short term leave, Mm -hmm. that's definitely one part to kind of one secure that you still have a job when you come back. If if this is the job for you, right? If you Mm -hmm. are, I'm at a company that I love, but right now I need to, I need a mental checkout. That's okay. Mm -hmm. HR understands that. Your manager will at some point understand that. It may not feel right for their agenda, but we can't be working off everybody's agenda. I always say the most HR, the most non-HR thing sometimes is everybody at the end of the day is an employee ID number. And people hate when I say that. And the reason I say that is because that kind of puts you in check to say, I am just a number. So I need to learn how to value myself and that the company that I'm at really values who I am. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then don't. But also from a monetary perspective, because we have to worry about the bills and we have to worry about that stuff. And it, it, you have to prepare yourself. I prepared myself six or eight months in advance. Yeah. I knew at some point that this was coming. So I said, I need to do this. And how am I going to do that? Fortunately for me, I was, I was living with some roommates. So it was easier for me to pay mm-hmm. some stuff and kind of put stuff aside. But not everybody has that luxury. I would just assess what you have. Mm-hmm. If you have to take a small loan, you know, that's something that you have to do. That's fine. It's, again, at the end of the day, you have to have that mental check-in for yourself so that you can say, hey, self, if we're going to do this, let's let's plan today yeah. and let's not wait till tomorrow. Yeah, let's be prepared for it. Yeah. And then, obviously, what you're, meant, what you're sharing is that there's options out there. and yeah. People just may need to look at what's the best option for them. Yeah. And just one final question and just kind of a thought to leave the audience with. If, you know, for you, what, what has this done in your life and career direction, taking that time out and kind of self-evaluating what's, what's important? What, what has, what's changed for you? My creativity has been heightened. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a very creative person. I like to do many things. And giving myself that mental check to one, say, what am I really passionate about career wise? Mm -hmm. And where do I see it going? It's an HR. Eventually, I I joke with my boss, but I always say at the end of the day, I'm going to take your job Um, because I, I, I do. But and he knows that and it's great. But at the same time, it's also about the job, the company that I work for and the, the people that I'm surrounded by also give me the space to be creative and I can think outside the box, what I call my HR 2.0 version. And it's what I go by. That's what keeps me running. 
so that I can maintain that creativity, that flexibility, and then apply it to other things that I'm passionate about, like my podcast. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe making more, more bow ties. I mean, who knows, yeah. right? Like the possibilities are endless, but I haven't had done that. It really changed my entire outlook mm -hmm. on my whole life. And, and I would never take that back again. Yeah, wonderful. And such a brave move. Yeah. And it's paid off for you. It has. Very great. Awesome. So now we're going to shift over to our next guest. We've got Brianne Rochelle, market president at now CFO. Hi, Brianne. Hi, Jamie. So, Brianne, share with us your career journey, how you got into being market president for now CFO. Okay, yeah. Uh, first, can I just say, Chris, that was a really inspiring conversation. Oh, Jamie, you. you asked great questions. It was really cool to listen to you. And I learned a lot just from the short time that I've been sitting next to you. Thank so, you so much. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so I kind of have a really weird background. I uh, dropped out of high school when I was 15 and I started modeling. I moved overseas and traveled around for 10 years working full-time as a model and um, got my GED. Uh, didn't didn't go into any schooling after that, and uh, so I was kind of always in sales mode, right? As a model, you're going on castings, you're selling yourself, you're trying to to get jobs through your personality, um, and and trying to build that rapport with with a with a potential client in you know thirty seconds to five minutes of, of meeting someone, showing them your photos, which is the product, right? And then trying to convince them that you're the one that they want to work with. So I feel like I've always had that sales face on. Um, and then I always held a second job in hospitality, working as maybe a cocktail waitress or a barista or a server. Um, and then when I stopped modeling, I moved into uh, events in for, for hospitality groups, so restaurant and bar groups. Um, this sounds so off topic with where I'm sitting, but I promise I'm getting somewhere. Um, and then uh, I moved into management for hospitality, moved into sales, and then I was just kind of complaining to my girlfriends over brunch about my job and I, I had moved back to Utah which is where I live now and I wasn't happy with where I was and my girlfriends just said you're doing sales anyway why don't you come work for this company called now CFO mm -hmm. a few of my girlfriends worked there and I said well what do they do they tried to explain it to me and I didn't really understand it to be honest at first so I had to do a lot of digging and a lot of learning I interviewed with my former boss and I got the sales job so I've been with now CFO for three years now. I uh, worked as a sales, you know, business development representative for two and a half of those years under the founder of the company, worked for the, the flagship practice there in Utah. We, uh, we do outsourced accounting and finance for those of you who don't know. So mostly high level stuff, CFO, controller level, level type stuff. We have a staff of CFOs and controllers even down to bookkeepers that we rent out on an hourly basis to clients who might not need them full-time. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn a lot in that position about finance and accounting. I got the opportunity to meet with different business owners and, and business leaders every single day, learning the ins and outs of different industries and how they came to be where they were. And then I got to advise them on, on the financial and, and accounting side on what they needed to do to get to where they wanted to go. So I did that for two and a half years, and then my boss sidestepped into the CFO role at now CFO, and me and uh, the director at the time uh, got bumped up to fill his role. He was a really great guy, is a really great guy, so it took two of us to fill his position. And so here I am, you know, 
no finance or accounting background, um, running my own practice, uh, the flagship practice there in Utah uh, for a almost 400-person company. Super, super fun. Um, I'm learning a lot every single day. And um, kind of the, the biggest takeaway for me right now is kind of running my own it's, it's like I'm running my own business. I get to be the client, right? I have my CFO who I'm talking to on at least a monthly basis going through our reports and everything. And I really get the, to see the client side of why a CFO is so important. Because if I didn't have him explaining the numbers to me, I would not know what I'm doing. So anyway, very long-winded answer of how I came yeah. to be where I am. Um, definitely have like the imposter syndrome thing going on. I, I feel the people around me, um, especially at this conference, it's, it's great to see so many women, first of all, at a conference in general. Um, but so many executive women, um, who have worked really hard to get to where they are. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really great to be here. Yeah, it's fascinating. So it sounds like you kind of had a, your own kind of career check at some point in time going, gosh, this isn't really what I want to be doing. And got into something that's now kind of brightened, like, you know, a passion in you and kind of learning a different trade. Very cool. Thank you. So, you know, and you mentioned imposter syndrome. And that's so common in a lot of, you know, as people climb ranks within, in, you know, what does that feel like for you, um, you know, in your role? Like, what are some of the things that you, you know, <clears throat> how do you combat that? Yeah, so... It is difficult and it is interesting as I, as I talk with peers, um, you know, I'm a part of a lot of different networking groups. Um, now I get to be amongst executives and I'm learning that more often than not, other people, like you said, are experiencing the same thing, which sucks, but it's also really great for me to be able to, uh, you know, relate to, to these people. Um, as far as combating it, I guess kind of what I'm doing here today. So I came to this conference to meet people, to uh, be able to learn what resources are, are out there so I can take that back to our prospects and our clients and, and give them resources. Uh, a lot of the times the companies that we're working for also don't have, you know, an HR person or a department. And so that's what I'm really doing here is just learning uh, so I can take that back to them. But from being here, I'm learning a lot for myself on how to become a better leader, which is really important to me. It's, it's a new thing for me, running a team. Um, and and so I think I've kind of just fallen into into this part of it. But that's that's something that I'm doing. And I'm just trying to wrap my arms around it and really soak everything in and yeah. really listen to the people that I'm, that I'm meeting. And everyone's really interesting here. They all have their own stories, like Chris. Had I not sat down to do this podcast, I probably wouldn't have ran into Chris yeah. and learned all this. And there's there's so much knowledge in this room alone. So I think today I'm definitely going to just talk to as many people as I can and learn from them and try to fix that imposter syndrome and become the, the leader that I want to be so I don't feel that anymore. Yeah, that's fantastic. And honestly, it's always good to know when you talk to other people and open that that dialogue that you're not alone. And that's a very common feeling when people move into those certain roles. And, and obviously, you know, the mentorship, it's, you kind of mentioned that, that you moved into your previous boss's role. You know, how has that been for you and kind of, because obviously, you know, coming into that industry, maybe not with as much of the knowledge as maybe some of your peers might have had, you really have been able to embrace and kind of learn from others. And I think that's, it's really fascinating. So how has that mentorship helped you as you've grown in your career? With, with my previous boss specifically? 
or just in general? Okay. It sounds like you've had a lot of mentors that have helped to guide you along your, your path. Yeah, super, super important. So if I didn't have those people, I would not be where I am today. I think I definitely would have given up and um, changed, you know, made a change, uh, had some excuse as to why I would have needed to change industries or professions in some, in some way, shape, or form. Um, so it, it's been imperative. Um, can I throw a couple names out there? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so my, yeah. my, my former boss, Brian Hayes, our founder, Jim Bennett, have been just the best resources, learning from them, watching them work, being able to be work side by side with them for the last three years and, and learn everything, be able to feel like I can openly ask questions and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they make me feel like those questions are valid and they walk me through it and they've just given me so much knowledge. Uh, also my co-market president, Nate Sorensen would not be here without him. He, he is just so smart and we, we do things very differently from each other. So really trying to have open conversations about how both of us can be better in, in whatever way has really helped. And then Jeff Erickson, he's with a company called Carta. Uh, my, my, my main mentor, uh, just, I kind of go to him for everything in life, personally and professionally, and he's he's been great. So I think it's imperative to make those connections with people. And even if it's a mentor for five minutes and I learn so much from Chris or, or you, Jamie, or if you have a mentor that you can, you know, have there for you over the years, I just think take it all in as, as you can. And it's imperative that you have those people in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and they see things in you that you don't see in yourself. And so I'm sure you, you probably have a you know, identify that in your career, like where it's like, gosh, really me? Like, okay, I can do this. You know, they believe in me. I'm going to take that step forward, which is fantastic. Yeah. And I think the key word is they, you know, I think if, if people can really try to branch out and, and have many mentors, if you're hearing it from one person, it can kind of get, you think that it might be biased, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you're hearing it from, from different people around you, then that's when it really kind of sinks in more. And when it's consistent, so I think other people are the key. People are the key. Yeah. Well, and as leaders too, right? Um, When you think of like a leader, like you're in a leadership role, you know, I lead a team of marketers as well. Um, You know, being able to be that mentor for somebody else, you know, how much is, you know, are are you, do you feel like you're doing that for your team or are you, you know, anxiously waiting to go back and be able to do some of that? Um... I feel like I'm not there yet. I'm yeah. really, I'm really trying. Yeah. yeah. You'll get there. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's just a, being aware of like the impact that that's made on your, your own career. And so here at the Sherm conference, you know, obviously um, you mentioned that some of the sessions you've just gathered so much information. What have been some of the great takeaways that you can't wait to kind of bring back to your team and in, you know, from what you've heard throughout the sessions? Yeah, I think first of all, the resources that are here. I mean, I'm looking around the expo center right now and there are just so many booths and I've only made it through not even a quarter of them yet. And I am writing notes on all the business cards. You know, there's just so many resources out there. So, um, that's, that's one thing that I, that I've taken away is, and it's kind of what you said, Chris, where if you don't know, go searching for it. You're going to find it. There's so many different services out there and technologies and, and they're all there to help They're especially in the HR space, right? They're, they're there to help yeah. you. So I think, um, that's one for sure. And then the other big takeaway for me, uh, I was sitting on, uh, in the general session yesterday with, oh gosh, I forgot his name, but the, uh, founder of Chipotle mm-hmm. and their HR director. 
And culture, 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 right? That's what everyone says, but it's so hard to figure out where to start with that. It's like, what do you do? What do you, do I just have a meeting and say, hey guys, we're going to work on our culture. Like you, there's so many steps that you can take. And I think it's really important. Like Chris said, again, start with, with anything, start today. Don't start tomorrow because it keeps getting pushed off. Start with one little thing and then let it grow from there. You'll see a difference and then you can start adding things. So that's a huge takeaway um, that I got from yesterday's general session. I think what I'm going to do, and maybe you should check up on this with me, make sure I do it, Jamie. (laughs) I'm going to hold you accountable. (laughs) uh, One thing that she said is listen to your employees. So they'll go in and they'll just, or they'll, they'll have their leaders go in and just say, they'll take one minute to, to talk. Hey, this is what I'm doing here. Nice to see you guys. And then instead of them presenting as a leader there, they open it up and the, and the next 59 minutes or 55 minutes are for the employees to talk and, and present to, yeah. to the leaders. And I think that that's awesome. So I'm going to give that a go and we'll see yeah. how, we'll see how yeah. it works. Yeah. Having that transparency and giving, giving your employees that comfort, comfortability to know that it's okay if they talk. Yeah, you want to hear from them is so important, especially after this last year, right? I mean, they they you need to hear from them because everything has changed so much, not only in our business worlds but also in our employees' lives and worlds. That you know, hearing that con- you know conversation with them makes such a difference. Yeah, and I think the other thing that they said was, you know, you can listen all you want, but if you don't do anything after, it doesn't mean anything. Oh, so that's such a key takeaway right there. You've got yeah. to put into action at least something. Yep. And yeah. then what they said beyond that, because then it's like, well, that's really huge. That's a lot of pressure, you know, like, w- what am I going to do? I'm going to go fix everything now. So what they preface that with is, hey, we're going to do, we're going to make changes. We're going to do the best that we can. If we don't get it right, we're going to try again until we get it right. Yeah. So I think that's a really solid promise that you, as long as you're trying, you're going to be able to keep that. Yeah. So that takes a lot of pressure off of like getting things right the first time and probably the biggest takeaway thus far. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you shared that here on our show because that's such a great takeaway. And it's, it's, a, it's also a really good reminder for leaders to know you don't have to have it perfect right out the gate. But as long as you can show that you tried and that you heard and you listened and you took action from what they heard, it makes such a big difference. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Now, if our guests wanted to get a hold of either of you to touch base, learn a little bit more, find out where your podcast is or where to get a bow tie or just, you know, wanting to hear more or like reach out in terms of mentoring and, you know, and, and helping with imposter syndrome, which is so common. Um, a lot of people go through that. Um, you know, how can they reach out to you? How would you like them to get, get in touch? Oh, oh! Try that okay. again. <laughs> Let's try that again. Oh, there you go. I can once I can hear myself. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you can reach me on uh, Instagram, Twitter at uh, Chris J Garcia K R I S J Garcia, and um, feel free. I I love talking to people. I love being able to share my own journey but also listening to your journey and how best you can kind of get that. And um, and also, if you want to have a fun distraction, you can listen to the podcast. It's called BFF Energy with Neen and Chris. And um, that's available on all platforms. Actually, it's BFF Energy with Chris and Neen. I made it up, so it's me first. Uh, what? <laughs> how dare I? See, how, that's how good yeah. of a friend I am. <laughs> um, put my friends first. Uh, but you can uh, also follow that at BFF Energy Pod on all the platforms and it's available on all streaming services. So wonderful. How about for you, Brian? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, everyone, please go add me on LinkedIn, 
Instagram. Uh, I couldn't say it better than, than Chris did just then. Just love meeting new people, hearing their stories, sharing mine. Uh, so Brianne Rochelle, B-R-I-A-N-N-R-A-C-H-E-L-E. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you both for being on our show. Very inspiring stories, both of you, honestly. I've learned so much, and it's just so great. You know, it's okay to take a time out and reassess your career, and that's such a great takeaway from this conversation. Thank you for sharing all that. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie. Um, and if you are in our Sherm Expo, stop by booth 4076 to hear uh, our podcast or to kind of meet our show sponsor, R3 Continuum. And with that, you guys have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you.